Welcome to Someplace for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. Hi, y'all. It's Carly Someplace, and I'm so incredibly excited today to be chatting with my dear friend, Ben Frankenberg. (laughs) So, Ben, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll kind of dive right into some, I I guess we'll say taboo topics, but I don't want them to be taboo, so we're talking about them. Yeah, we can break the taboo. I like that. Uh, (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Benjamin Frankenberg. I am an actor based out of New York City. Um, I primarily work in TV and film, but I also do like performance art and write poetry and uh, uh, gather communities of creatives together to do all sorts of weird stuff. So I'm kind of out there doing yes. all sorts of things. I, lo- I love your gathering of creatives to do weird stuff, which you've been doing. So 21 Days to Midsummer. I mean, we can talk about that for a hot second yeah. because I love it. And I think it's a really creative outlet. Um, and I think it's led to a lot of people discovering a lot of things about themselves because you encourage people to do personal projects. Yeah. And create art. <laughs> I, yeah, it's. It, I think that is the thing. It's like, let's explore our life, explore our existence, the journey that we're on, um, and kind of like, you know, there, there's a big community of creatives because you and I both went to SCAD together. Um, mm-hmm. We have access to that. Yeah, art school. <laughs> yeah, right. But we also like have that um, idea of being able to like digest our reality and a creative process and try to like find value and, and re-communicate it to the rest of the world. And um, finding that in print, probably trying to pull it out of other people, even if they're not uh, naturally like trained artists or think of themselves as artists, like to like look at their life, find the beauty of it and kind of express it is kind of where that 21 Days to Midsummer project uh, goes. And that's that's the thing that we do every year from June 1st to June 21st. I kind of like uh, open up social media apps and um, ask people to like post about things that they're doing for their day. Like if they took a pause or took a walk and like noticed something pretty or took a picture, people sharing paintings and photographs and music that they make um, and just kind of like becoming this community that instills a creative spirit in each other. And um, I think I, I bring that into a lot of my, my stuff that I'm going into, just kind of like exploring what it is to be, you know, be a yeah. creature. Well, and I've used 21 Days to Midsummer because so we're past a decade since you started. Yeah, this will be correct? year. 2011 was the first, so I think this is the 11th year that we're That's on. That's what I thought. I was like, I was like, I feel like it's it's been not too far past a decade, but past a decade. Um, and I find that every time that you start posting about it, and I see obviously our other mutual friends who are in the community posting about it, I use it as a lot of like time to more like you said, take a pause and reflect and use that within like, how do I want to encourage myself to be creative? I don't want to be like, because I have to be creative for work every single day, which is very draining. So like in a lot of ways to just like take it and reflect personally on what type of creativity I want for myself and how I can infuse that into more of my daily life instead of like working with my camera, which is my craft quote unquote so (laughs) yeah I mean I talk to people about um who use like the artist's way and and things like that and kind of like build themselves processes where they're in conversation with the actual part of being creative and giving Mm -hmm. themselves like time to like think about what it is that they're trying to do that the art itself is 
accessing. And like 21 Days to Midsummer, I, I think like gives that conversation a little bit more um, presence than those of us who work in the arts who typically right. get to give it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's always such a like refreshing time period for me. I also literally, you hit, we hit June 1st and you post and I'm like, oh God, it's June. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> every everybody year, always- Every single year. I'm like, how is it June? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, I think that's the the clock. It's like another year's passed. What have I done? Oh my gosh! Right. Um, but it also it's like a breath, you know. It's like a you know you it get is. your inhales it's and your exhales. Definitely a breath. So I know. I was thinking about it as just like like watching the sunset later and later, which is obviously like as a photographer brings me so much joy. And then I was like, oh, but we're getting closer and closer to June, which means it's going to go the other way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like already mourning the loss of sunshine and it's, it's not, we're not even there. Yeah, (laughs) We just passed the spring equinox. (laughs) I mean, here in New York, it's still cold. Like uh, every other day it's like in the thirties and I'm like, it, it was picnic weather a week ago. Why, why am I freezing today? So yeah. like, yeah. but that constant conversation of like the seasons are shifting and life is like going into its hibernation and coming back. And um, I think there's like a little memento mori. There's a wabi-sabi element to like the things that change yeah. in life. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we we go through seasons in the same way that the world goes through seasons, the earth goes through seasons. And it's so interesting just to line them up and even just like, I don't want to be like the energy that we get from them, but the energy that we get from them. I mean, as it's now spring, I, this whole past week, my boyfriend and I have been like, we really need to clean out our closets. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, both of us just brought it up separately. And it's, we're both just feeling that need of like, like bringing new things in. And by doing that, like decluttering and being able to like make more space for new instead of space with the old so it's it's like it's a shift in energy that that lends to a difference in perspective like you're at that the the world itself has changed and all of a sudden i have to orient myself in a different way and and see like what do i need now that my world has changed and it gives you a better conversation with yourself and your needs yeah which uh very true i think kind of leans a little bit into what you brought me here for, I think. I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about sex, and we're gonna talk about some kinks. But I do. I think that, like, like you said, a shift in energy and a shift in perspective, and like leaning into just like those different energies, really takes a leaf of exploration. And I think that that is, I think that the biggest, let's say, hurdle for kinks would be people being afraid to explore and being judged for it. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think it's tough because there historically has been a heteronormative taboo on, on exploration when it comes to sex and sexuality, uh, particularly in the United States. We love violence, but sex is off limits. Like you can show any violent act in cinema, but um, the moment we get into bodies, we start to um, shy away. And other countries don't don't do that, um, so the conversation kind of shifts. And I think bodies and conversation with bodies have been so off limits that people are intimidated to even have that conversation when it comes to their intimacy, when it comes to the exploration of themselves. Like alone in your bedroom at uh, at night to to be able to like explore your body without any judgment, but you're still sitting there and you're like, what am I going to do? Is this okay? Somebody's going to like think I'm doing something wrong. 
you know, with there, our sex so education is way off. There's still so much shame associated with it because we're taught that it's shameful. Yeah. And, and even and, when you're by yourself, those like shame feelings, not always, but like initially come with things like that. Like, am I doing something wrong? Like, this feels good. It must be wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I, I grew up with like a pretty sex positive family. Like my mom was talking to me about sex when I was very young. And so I never had this great taboo about like access to it or exploration of it um, when I was getting into that phase of my life. But the community and the world at large, there's so much of that information that's out there. I remember abstinence programs in my school for sex education, Mm -hmm. like groups of people saying the safest sex is no sex. And don't you want to be not a chewed up piece of bubble gum when you get married, you know? those kind of weird or, or, um, yeah, wait, wait for marriage. And I'm like, but I'm queer. I might not be able to get married to the person I love. What do I do? And they're like, well, we hope you find God. And so right. these kinds of conversations kind of lean away from our ability to actually have the conversation about, Oh, it's okay. If like you bleed a little bit sometimes when you get into some right. special sexual activities or, you know, pain doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. Like you can't even talk about those things. Um, Because you can't even talk about having sex without it being like, no, this is a a taboo topic. Yeah. So I think that, and I think it's just such an, an interesting thing. And so I don't want to say like my gateway into kink. I obviously photograph clients um, who will have kinks or, or who want to like step into exploring it. And so within my own like sets for photography and I'll call them sets because they're not, I don't want to say they're not the real thing because they are in certain ways, but they are like the very basic introductory everything to it. I do. I know quite a few shibari ties just that look absolutely visually stunning um, and are the type of thing that occasionally my clients will come in and be like, oh, we use shibari all the time. And I'm super excited to then have photos of it. And if they know self ties, they'll teach me if they know, you know, different things like that, which is really, really cool because it becomes this like learning environment for both me and for them. Which Shibari, the whole community is so about like this sharing of energy. Right. It's and it's and it's such a like beautiful art form. And I think I think that that I feel like so the two main that I work with would be Shibari and bondage. And I feel like those are very acceptable quote unquote within like those like gateways into kink um well, I'll, I'll throw I'll, I'll throw another variable at, at your work okay. like the the idea of boudoir like whether the the images are for private use like for a partner as a gift or something like right. that but like you're you're inviting a person who's not a sexual partner to perceive you in a sexual context voyeurism that's true and, yeah. and okay. if, All right. if we expand that into the public lens of like people perceiving us and seeing our uh, trying to open ourselves to our, and our intimacy up to the world, like this is a conversation of like, okay, cool. Am I a sexual being? Am I being perceived as sexual? Do I get gratification from that? And like right. when it comes to say bondage and shibari, those are such aesthetic um, practices in the kink world um, everybody likes to be a little peacock and have like nice decor. Of course, you can bring those things into right. the bedroom and, and actually play with them for scene. But I think that the conversation of am I being perceived or am I doing this in the context of like actual sexual gratification and why not por qué no los dos? Like it can be a little bit right. of both. And I like, 
yeah, I think like the the access that is given by the introduction of seeing something like that. Maybe somebody's never seen Shibari before and all of a sudden they're like, what's this like pretty rope thing? And right. it piques curiosity in such a way to where they'll start to maybe find images on their own, maybe find Instagram influencers and, and creatives yeah. and start to follow their, their roads and eventually start tying themselves or tying other people. Um, right. And I think, I think it's interesting because I've actually had a client be like, I love that you offer this because it's something I wouldn't have thought of, but it's something I've thought about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So like I can be just by saying these are things that I do and these are things that I offer. I'm, I'm essentially offering like a no judgment zone for whatever they want within that. Um, And Shabari is so beautiful. (laughs) Shibari is so beautiful. And honestly, I, I honestly think that bondage is too. I think that there's creating tension in photographs by physically putting something against the skin and having things, I don't want to say like pulled tight, but like if you're using handcuffs or something like that, something that has like physical tension in it and creating then tension against like skin and the body is a really like beautiful way to create tension and draw the eye to the body in a lot of different ways, as well as accentuate, obviously, the bondage that I'm using. And it's such a cool thing. And that and people are like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. And it looks so different than something that just sits on your skin instead of, in, I don't want to say into your skin, but into your skin, being pulled or being yeah, the creating digging. that tension. Yeah, digging, digging or, yeah. Or, or rubbing roughly. Or, or um, I have rope burns from, um, I was just tied uh, yesterday morning. No, it was the morning before. Sorry, time flies. Um, but uh, I just did a shibari tie the other day. <laughs> and um, I was in conversation with the artist who I'll plug right now um, at Sedona Rogue on um, Instagram. And we were having a little bit of a conversation in regards to like finding your boundaries, your physical boundaries that like bondage uh, and Shibari offer. Like all of a sudden there's all these contact points with you and the rest of the world and the outline of your being is being perceived in a way that you weren't perceiving it before. So there's this sensuality of specificity of like, this is where I am. And um, I mean, during lockdown and, you know, life as it is, anxiety and disassociation and things like that if you're having a hard time finding yourself and centering yourself um sometimes a little bit of like some stimulus can like bring you into place yeah um i mean like uh what are those things that they give to to dogs that get anxious over uh, storms uh, they're called thunder coats it's like a, yeah the thunder jackets <laughs> yeah and so like the, if you're feeling like a little out of place um uh bringing shibari or bondage into your your space to be able to say this is where you are to be able to like be restrained and be like i'm exactly right here right now and the only thing i need to focus on is the boundaries of me and whatever the hell's happening so you know whether that be impact play or actual sexual activity or just like restraint for the sake of restraint right absolutely well and that's i mean even in thunder jackets that's i mean we'll say the very toned down version would obviously be weighted blankets for anxiety Mm -hmm. and different things like that. But it is, it's that pressure on your body that creates giving you a sense of like, I am here right now. And there's no reason that that shouldn't carry over into any form of sexual act. And I think that it's important because I mean, if we want to talk about quote unquote, the elusive female orgasm, blah, blah, blah. A lot of, in, in my own experience, it's 
being present and not letting myself think about other things. Like I have yeah. 9 million things going on inside my head, but if I would like to orgasm with my partner, I need to be present. And that is, and be focusing on what is going on in my body. And a lot of times that can be, that can happen from things either being rougher or like essentially like motions and movements and feelings that are keeping me in my body and in that space right at that time. Yeah. Cause like disassociating from the event saying like, Oh yeah. Well, what about that one thing? Oh, are they actually into this? Oh, like kind right. of like pulling yourself out of the actual intimacy of the moment because we're some oftentimes scared of like some kind of judgment or something, or, you know, maybe I, I gotta go get my groceries. Let's, let's wrap this up. Like whatever, whatever's keeping right. you out of that instant. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that makes things like rough on all ends. So Add narrative play is like the thing. I think there's a conversation to be had about that too of like, like I've definitely told my boyfriend, like, I would love to have sex right now. I am not in the headspace to have sex right now and it's not going to be enjoyable for me. And he's like, okay. Fair, right? And I think that because like if I have too much on my brain, sometimes sex is exactly what I need. And other times I'm like, I just, I need to like brain dump all of this stuff before I can be present with you and be present in my body and enjoy this on both ends. Be enjoy, enjoy pleasure, enjoy being in my body. But right now I'm too in my head to let that happen. What a great conversation to have because so many people oftentimes feel intimidated to communicate that they're like, I'm not like psychologically present enough to like have this be a thing where you and I are together. Like this isn't, this isn't going to be an enjoyable act anymore. And I mean, people's ability to be honest with their communication without the idea of shame, without the idea that anybody's going to judge them is one of the first things we need to get into. If we're going to ever expand into like harder, scarier, weirder stuff, sex and intimacy should be a no judgment zone. You love this person. You're trusting them with your body and, and probably the most intimate ways you can. You should feel like you can communicate to them. Absolutely. And I think that that goes for even being able to having like, I don't want to say like one night stands and different things like that. But like, if you're doing things like that within a kink or anything, or just in general, you still need to be able to communicate your needs. And I think it those types of communication are very different between like a long-term partner and obviously a short-term partner. And a long-term partner, I can say, I'm just not in the headspace for this right now. And I'm, or I'm very in my head and I have these feelings. A short-term partner generally is something, it is, is a decision you've made to move forward with that because you are in a right headspace and a different thing like that. But still being able to communicate your needs and say, you know, I have boundaries or these are, this is what I need. And this is, you know, you know, different things like that, or this is what I'm thinking. This is how I think this is how I process things. Yeah. These are the things I enjoy because those communication practices are huge, huge and important in any sexual act of, of any type. And I think that I don't want to be like, there's a lot of bad sex happening, but there's really a lot of bad sex. I've had a lot of bad sex. <laughs> That's fair. I think, I think the, but like the root, like this communication is important thing. So I would say like for many, many years, uh, I was in uh, monogamous relationships and um, uh, those relationships tended to be um, pretty heteronormative. And the way that we engaged in our sex became to a degree habitual and lacking communication. Um, as right. I have, moved into the polyamorous and queer scenes and sex spaces where um, we do deal with like taboo and kink things. A big thing that I recognize now, especially as we engage in kink and taboo sexual acts, 
communication is key. We negotiate everything. Penetration Absolutely. is not assumed. If if I have a penis and the other person has a place that they'd like that penis, we have to talk about that being a part of it. Right. That's not like that was such like a regular thing that wasn't part right. of the conversation in the, the habitual sexual acts and right. being open enough to talk about all the specificity of what we're going to get up to and what I like, what I don't like, what I'm interested in trying. Maybe I will. This is how we'd like to slow down if we um, are getting a little too rough pace. This is how we need to stop having language like red means stop, yellow means slow down. These kinds of things yeah. have made my more vanilla sex life when it's not even kink better because now I know to communicate more and it allows for when we're not for in the mood to be easier to communicate because we are both on the same page and we have the language. But if I didn't have the language before, then how can I expect to be, be a good partner to like be on the same page with another person? Like, you know, let's touch base. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's so incredibly important and, and it should be important whether you exist in having a very heteronormative relationship or not. Like, I think that there still needs to be those conversations of like penetration being expected. Like that's not, that's not all it is, you know? And that is, I just, for one, I wish sex education was much broader in the United States. One, I think that by teaching so many different uh, just teaching the freaking basics is actually a, a big thing and so uh, there's actually there's a documentary that's come out on Netflix and I haven't watched it yet it's about pleasure and I'm very intrigued about it um and it's it's saying that cis heteronormative men are obviously the ones who have the most orgasms period and then yeah. anybody who is not a cis heteronormative man falls underneath of that and and it goes down in categories and I've only watched the previews for it because I was like oh I need to sit down and watch this I talk about I talk about pleasure a lot and and I talk about pleasure a lot with my clients and I talk about obviously sexuality a lot with my clients and, and sex in general because I'm putting them in something that traditionally is quote unquote sexy because I'm giving them lingerie and I'm photographing them and like you said like voyeurism and it it takes a lot for people to to feel comfortable with that in the first place it's a really big step and i always i even encourage people because a lot of people will be like oh my gosh i'd love to like buy a session for my friend and my answer for that is no um regardless uh, one i know that there's obviously like cost associated i am a business i do run a business i am a luxury business so there's a price tag that comes with it so i want people to be fully aware of walking into financial commitments and different things like that But two, I've told people, no, you cannot purchase a session for somebody else because I need them to willingly and open-eyed walk into this trusting me because that's what this is all about for me. Because at the end of the day, these photos are about them. They're not about me. They're not about a partner. They're not about a friend. They're not about anything else like that because if they're being done correctly, this person should feel more confident and more comfortable with themselves by being able to see themselves from a different perspective. And that has to do with them making the choice to be seen that way, period. Yep. It has yep. nobody else's intent, thought, whatever. If somebody's not ready for that, they're not ready for that. And I'm not going to let somebody else spend money on them and then them feel pressured into that situation 
to create images for any reason whatsoever if they're not comfortable with it negotiating their own comfort ahead of time i mean obviously the practicality of it's so important here they're not even going to be comfortable in, in front of the camera if they you know aren't the person right. behind the wheel exactly and and, and, and that goes and for I, other kink I, too yeah, exactly and i've done a couple sessions where somebody's like i just want to pay for it and i want to do this for my friend because they said they were interested but it's a it's hard because there's a lot of feelings and, and ideas that we have about ourselves that sometimes we're not ready to confront with a camera or or how we feel about our bodies in general. And I think that all of that, that communication leads into everything. And I, yeah. I want to be able to communicate directly with the people who I'm photographing so I can say, you don't have to, it's okay to be nervous. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You can tell me, Carly, I want to wear everything that's fully covered and covers more than my bathing suit. And I will still make you feel as sexy as you want, but you have to tell me where your comfort level is because I'm not going to push past that. That is yeah. your decision. So, and I think when I lay things out and I, or when my clients see, like, here's my wardrobe, here's my options, here's all of these things. And I will say, I also have these shibari ropes. I also have these bondage sets. I also have these things that are easy to take place within your session. Not a problem if you want them. You don't yeah. have to want them and you don't have to, or people can be curious about it. And I think that it's so interesting because I see people who are going out of their comfort zone just to have photos taken and become in that comfort level. And then I will see them be like, well, I'm already out of my comfort zone. So why not try something else even further out of my comfort zone and see if I like it. And I see so much growth in people during that and it's so cool <laughs> it's you unlock a door and they're like oh there's a whole there's a whole wilderness out here let me let me explore right exactly they're like they're like oh i like cracked the door open to be like this is interesting and then they open it and they're like oh there's a whole other world there's a yeah. whole other world exposure means a lot like some people have never seen uh shibari before and and uh, maybe this us saying shibari uh may be the thing that like introduces somebody to being like what is right. this like google it um and Absolutely. i i think like knowing that there are options without the pressure of this is something i i want you to do but being like hey i've got these things would you let it let it gestate in your mind a little bit and Absolutely. having that be a i mean going back to 21 midsummer it's like you see other creatives doing things and you're like maybe that's a piece of me that i haven't explored yet yeah and kink like i think a lot of the things that i've found myself into i mean i've had curiosity since i was really really young i saw some images of uh the fetish factory rubber doll ball which is this big high fashion kink event where people get leather clad and rubber clad where their faces are just like, you know, rubber masks and you can't see anything about them, but they're these like shape changing um, characters. And that kind of stuff tickled my imagination so much that I started to explore other aspects and had a curiosity my entire life. And only when people came to me with options that I start to explore things that I wouldn't have activated on my own. Somebody comes over and they say, oh, I've got, you know, a cattle prod. Would you be interested in being prodded with a cattle prod? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, sure, let's try. Like, Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think, again, it comes back to communication of they asked. They asked you, would you be interested in this? And they gave you every single right to say no. Gave you an easy and it's out. only within... Exactly. An easy out. And I think that that's, I think that that's the first step into any 
one it should be the first step into any sexual anything period yeah. is an easy out yeah don't Two, ask people out on it, dates when they're working they're not it there's not an easy out like that right <laughs> no exact oh my gosh no like i yeah no thank you <laughs> the amount of times that i've been like asked out while i've been at work i'm like like photographing a wedding i'm like i'm not allowed to leave right now and i have to be polite to you because it's my job go away exactly and i'm like this is not an appropriate this is not appropriate and i, I yeah it's, it's people need to learn that so this first step should be an easy out and asking always and and i think that from there it does it opens a doorway it opens a doorway to if they asked and i said no and they were fine with that what does yes mean what does mm. where does yes put me and if i like this where does yes put me after that what can I explore beyond that? And I think that that's such the basis of like, I enjoy this. Let's keep moving on it until you find a limit. And that's fine. Um, and fun. And it's, fun to find a limit. It's fun to find a limit. It's definitely fun to find a limit. And I think that it's important to find a limit, um, to, fi to find your own boundaries and limits of what you want and what what brings you pleasure. Because at the end of it, that's, that's the big part of this too, is that when you're partaking in in any sexual anything it should bring you pleasure in some way shape or form and that doesn't have to be a traditional way or shape or form at all yeah well, <laughs> I, I think like recognizing that orgasm isn't the end of sex it isn't the goal of sex oh yeah is super important um uh especially for amab body types people uh, who like uh, like to think that their orgasm is is the 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 goal and the end all for for their activity yeah. The idea of the elusive orgasm uh, in right. AFAB bodies is like, what a nightmare that is. Jesus. Like, I, uh, yeah. there's been this idea that there's an expectation and for some reason people can't meet it. It's the, the conversation's not even being had. Two people in right. the same room should be able to talk about what their needs and wants and desires are in such a way where they're comfortable, where we can be like, all right, is it attainable? Can we get to it? Let's figure out how to get to it. That's going to be fun. Yep. That's the fun part, the the negotiation the and the part. exploration of it. And we get into the weirder things where like, all right, cool, I'm tied upside down and I'm getting caned. I mean, weirder, fun, I don't know, strange, uh, taboo. <laughs> um, I like the weird, the word weird. I, I identify as weird, so. Uh, I like the word weird. I think I would identify as weird as well. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of like kink play comes into like, I never, I never achieve orgasm from being beaten but I love impact play. I love going to a, a space and having a partner, you know, hit me with a paddle or a whip or a cat of nine tails and learning about my body and its durability and the, the boundaries of where I take up space and the experience of part of the extremity of it with in the safe confines of a trusting person that I can trust who trusts me to communicate when my boundaries and my limits are being met. Like, like the responsibility to communicate is on the bottom's part, but also the top to be able to like perceive when somebody's gone past their limit. Cause you know, when right. endorphins flow and things like that, you, you know, sometimes it's hard to communicate or if you have a gag in your mouth or something right. like that, but right. communication is key. And you know, you're not, you're there to, experience and sex is not orgasm sex is experience yes experience and 
and pleasure, like just because pleasure isn't just orgasm at all. I think, well, the, the, the pleasure's tough because pleasure is like, I'm in the Hellraiser school of sensation and judgment. <laughs> right. So I, if are you familiar with Hellraiser? Have you seen this film? Nope. Um, uh, famous queer author Clive Barker wrote uh, a, a book called The Hellbound Heart. There's a movie. Uh, it's famous for having a character named Pinhead. But the major plot is a person in pursuit of great pleasure opens this box. And in the box uh, releases these creatures called Cenobites. And they are angels, demons, something like that, who... Mm-hmm. Uh, believe the spectrum of sensation is without judgment. So pain and pleasure are the same thing. It's just like okay. our perspective on it is the difference. And these extremities, the boundaries of which we explore them are the capacity of our of our, our greater interest. So this is where we find the best parts of ourselves is like going to the boundaries and seeing where we can go. And so pain- I like that. Pain as pleasure, pain as a thing I enjoy, but definitely still like- can be pain, but right. it's without the judgment of this thing being a thing that's off limits. It's a thing that's in conversation with me, my body, my lovers, my trusted friends, people whom I feel safe with, where we should always feel safe in any sexual act, like the exploration of the self. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's, I think that's where I my like heart that. fits. The hell right, school I know. I like gig. that. <laughs> Yeah. I really like that. I, I yeah, and I think, I mean, I, and and when I'm saying we're like, yeah, pleasure. I think pleasure is is so many different things. And I I spoke on a previous podcast episode to, um, Dr. Ashley Zimmerman. She is a pleasure coach, um, and I'm very excited to have her back on the podcast as well because I want to dive deeper into just like, uh, talking about pleasure. And something that we talked about is like finding pleasure within daily moments that don't actually have to do with anything sexual um, at all. And then being able to take those feelings of pleasure, which generally come with like feelings of joy in some way and, and like liking that um, and relating that into how to create those feelings in a sexual environment and because all of those moments and so when I was talking about like something that I find extremely pleasurable (laughs) that has nothing to do with sex is when my boyfriend gets out of bed in the morning and I get to roll over and literally starfish across the bed I'm like this is such pleasure for me like I just like my body is like (sighs) like every single time like I miss him but also like look at how much space I have (laughs) opening up taking up letting the the big stretch of the day Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a a part of it for me is, is taking up space. And I think that I've like, I've kind of dove into that of like, why do I find this super pleasurable? And for me, it's, it's taking up space unapologetically and I'm doing it so subconsciously because it's, it's our bed, but like I'm taking his side and I'm taking all of this and I'm saying, this is all mine now. And like, and not apologizing about it because there's nobody to apologize to. Yeah. The, the, uh, the need to apologize for being, for simply like taking up space. Yeah. Wow. Like the whole world. I mean, I've, I, I think part of the pursuit of my more recent um, dive into the scene, the kink scene and, and taboo scene mm-hmm. um, has a little bit to do with trying to unapologetically explore myself. Because 
um, there was a point in time where I felt very free to be who I was. And then there was another point of time where I was kind of told to hone in on your image as an actor, make sure that you're a little bit more branded or something like that. And I think that killed the spirit of exploration in me for a little while. And I've come back to that. I'm in the constant flow of learning, unlearning, relearning who I am. And in this exploration of the self, sex, sex positivity, communication, uh, finding my boundaries, what do I enjoy is a thing that I'm still learning. And it's a constant process where I have to tell myself, nobody's here to judge you or change your way of being. And if they are, they're not worth your time. Get them out of your system. Exactly that part. If they want to change you, then they are not. And I, I think that that is important in all aspects of relationships, not not, a yes, self exploration and everything, but like all aspects of every friendship, relationship, family relationship, anything that you have is if people are trying to vastly change you or tell you that you're doing something wrong when you're on a path of self discovery, they don't generally need to be there. Like they're not on the road with you. They're not trying to like move further. They, they, They stopped on that part of the road and you're going forward. Right, exactly. And there there are very few things that I think we could all categorize as like actually truly wrong. Don't murder other humans. Like yeah. <laughs> consent. Consent and not everything. Consent. If, if to, exactly. Yeah. Cons- consent is everything. And like yeah, like pretty much my brain is like don't kill people. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I I have a I had a vegan friend and we were having a conversation and he utilized the phrase I think is do not impose your will. Like the thing that you want, yeah. don't put it on somebody else without their permission. Like they have to be in the conversation. Right. And it's so, I mean, and we can want to like, I think that this is where it gets confused. We can want to help other people on their journeys, but a lot of that comes with us imposing our own ideas and thoughts. And, and it's really hard to, to do that, especially, okay, we live in a world of influencers. Like that is their Mm. job is to influence you into a decision. And I even categorize, get categorized into the, Uh, like micro influencer. I mean, I have 15,000 ish followers uh, across different platforms. And, and I know that I stand in a position of some influence. um, But I also, again, as we're having these conversations, I'm very much so like, come as you are, explore what you want, take what you want. My opinions don't have to be yours. But but you need to respect that I have opinions and you need to respect that, you know, this is what I want. Just because it's not what you want for yourself or what you're wanting to change into doesn't mean that other people don't. And I think that being able to ha- have those guideposts is really important. And I think that conversations or even seeing, I mean, back to sex and back to kink, seeing those things is like, oh, do I like that? Do I want that? Do I want to... Do that. And I, I want to come back to an Instagram post that you made specifically. And obviously we're friends and I, I follow all of your stuff. And you said uh, you posted something and I do want to talk about it because I don't know what the word for it is um, with the hooks things that you did. Hook suspension. Hook yeah. suspension. Okay. Yeah. So you did a hook suspension thing um, yeah. and you had photos of it and you said, if you're interested in this, please look at the next slides. If you're not keep scrolling. And I was like, oh, do I look? Am I interested in this? Am I actually interested in this? And I've thought about it. I've literally thought about that post that you made since you made it months ago. Oh, the, the so I did it on my, my Instagram story and, that, and then I like right. 
there's something here and then I give some space. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, and since since you did that on your stories, I've thought about it and I, I didn't look at it because I don't know, like in my headspace, it wasn't at that time. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, I want to look at this at that moment. But I've thought about it and I'm like, do I want to look at things like that? And the answer is like, potentially. But I also know that I could text you and be like, hey, Ben, can I see those photos you took? You certainly can. And, and I'll you're show going you to send like. them to me. And that's me asking permission. But I love how graciously you gave that space, knowing that it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that people are, you invited people in to explore if they wanted to, but also said, this is not for everybody at all. If it's for you or if you're interested, you can look or, and I believe you said, or you can ask me questions. Yeah. And that open door I've been thinking about for months. <laughs> wow. I'm so, I'm so happy about that. Cause it was such like a passive thing in my mind. Um, exactly. It was such a passive thing in your mind, but it is, it has been an active thing in my brain for months. I love that. So um, I, I am informed um, graciously by my curiosity and I find myself um, following a lot of sex workers and sex positivity thinkers and dominatrixes and C's and people who hold space for kinksters. And oftentimes, especially in the erotic arts world, um, things that mm -hmm. tend to be a little bit more graphic. If, if they're posting on their storyline, sometimes they'll be like, hey, listen, just a heads up, some of these things that are about to come up are not safe for work. And then they might give a little cushion there. And I think I learned that practice right. by exposure to, to these groups of people. Right. I, if you follow my Instagram, you'll find that most of my images are pictures of the tops of buildings. There's nothing <laughs> erotic in, I mean, I find it erotic, but like in a special <laughs> sense, um, I think that like, like, this is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. If you came here for the tops of buildings and then all of a sudden you look on my storyline and I'm like acting up, writing poetry, showing egg yolks or erotic stuff, like, <laughs> or like what did I sign up for? Morning. Yeah, drinking coffee in the morning. Like, who's this weird person? I have no clue. Um, and so, like, I think I do recognize that, like, there are habits of the way that I am presenting and perceived. And um, yeah. uh, sometimes if you break that, it's a thing that, like, you are in conversation, especially through social media. Um, and I, I aim to be in a world where sex and sexual uh, conversation is very accessible because I think that's one of the keys to sex positivity is us being able to just talk about it. And uh, yeah, per that particular thing is uh, more on the extreme end, the hook suspension. It is body manipulation in an interesting way, body modification. And I mean, it's a little gory. Like there are, yeah. there are hooks going through my flesh. So definitely, uh, and some of the images do have some blood. So, um, which right. isn't off limits, you know, you're full of it. We're all full of it. No, exactly. And I think that, just the fact that I've thought about it so much since then, since you posted that is, and I don't think it's for me personally, something that I would want to do, but my brain is also like, but would you want to photograph it? Which is a whole other thing. Like those yeah. are, there are two parts in my brain that work like that. What I personally think that I would enjoy. And then there is what I think there's part of being a photographer and seeing beauty and, and uniqueness and like different things like that in things like that, that I'm like, this is really freaking cool. And I think 
that the, and there are the two sides of that that sometimes come together and other times are battling each other because I'm like, mm, do I have the stomach for that? <laughs> yeah. I think I think one of the great things that I found and I think one of the the pleasures of this was my body is so capable of things that I don't even give it credit for. Right. How durable and powerful I am. Um, and I've seen images of people doing this. So I know people can, in fact, do this. Why would I not be able to? A question. Right. I, you know, I, am I, is it, is it internally the thing that's holding me back? Yes. Because the flesh can. So, all right. Is that a thing I want to hold myself back from? Why? And to continuously have a conversation about myself, my desire and where I want to go with it. Um, I'm an explorer. I want to know all these things about myself, the centering practice of having nowhere else I can be, but this space, a foot off the ground, dangling from a rope. It's so meditative, so very centering. It was one of the most present feelings I've ever had in my entire life with only, you know, the two contact points coming from uh, my shoulder blades and the ability to explore close to 360 degrees, like you can't necessarily go up as much, but uh, you're exploring your, your ability to take up space in a different way. Um, You know, I thought about this for many, many years and I was through access, through having a conversation with a partner about hook suspension and ritual and meditation found that we were on the same wavelength enough that they introduced me to the person that had given them a hook suspension. And I found myself in an entire community of people who were exploring their bodies in creative ways as artists, as spiritualists, as uh, kink practitioners. And um, hook suspension, I feel like, is a big intersection of a lot of different places. There are people who will engage in it in the body modification sense, and you'll see it at tattoo conventions pretty typically. Um, or, uh, there are people who are, these are ayahuasca ritual practices where they're, they're engaging in hallucinogens and they're out in the woods and, um, somebody's decorating them in paint and they're hanging off of a tree or something like that. Uh, or these wonderful intimate spaces in curated factory floor rooms where, you know, loving hands are holding you up and they're just allowing you to be there by yourself, you know, just. Right finding yourself in the universe. Um, It's, it's an incredibly freeing and enlightening experience that I am so happy that I engaged in and I will definitely engage in it again. And yeah, if anybody has questions, like I'm not an expert, but I'm an enthusiast and I'm always happy to like point people in in the directions to, to their desire. Right. And I, I mean, I'll say that that's something I love about you. I think that you are such a person who is always, like open for questions about anything. Um, that's something I've always felt from you is that I could ever always ask you anything. And I think that that's such a good, you're very approachable, Ben. <laughs> you try. <laughs> approachable and cute. Um, <laughs> and I think that that makes asking those questions easier. Like this, this is probably not a conversation that I would just openly have with somebody that I don't know. Um, even if they were like, oh, I'm very much so in the community and different things like this, because you and I do have a, you know, decade old plus relationship of, of friendship and, and honesty and openness and being able to be like, hey, I like these things and I like these things. And I think that 
that's important. But I think that it's you, you are so open and you open that door for a lot of people. And I think that that's something that the world needs more of. So yay for you because you're Thank so you. good at it. <laughs> but okay. So I want to ask, um, because it relates all into it. So for one of the questions that I ask when I interview is generally like, when did you start to come into this this comfort with your body? Because obviously moving forward into these kinks and exploring these things, there has to have been a point where you were like, this is my body and I'm claiming it for my own. And I want to know kind of when when that started happening for you, because I feel like everybody's on a different journey with that. Yeah, I, 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 hint, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but like there's this flow that's kind of constantly gone through my life and I think like there was a great level of I don't need anybody's permission to do a damn thing in my youth high school years early college things like that and then there was a point where I started to make decisions based upon um expectation and wanting to uphold the other other's expectation and those expectations I think stifled my awareness of myself and my own desire because I would set my desire aside for the idea of I might be doing something that's shameful. I might be doing something that is counterproductive to my career or counter uh, to a situation that I found myself in. And as um, I think lockdown probably gave us all a great moment to like be still and think about ourselves. And Honestly, it um, a, a large sequence of events put me in the place where it's like, what do I want of myself? Who do I want to be that will make me proud? And finding my body in a space where I was very disassociated during lockdown, finding out where this thing fits um, and having a conversation with it. Finding comfort is is a thing that I'm always in conversation with. I'm always trying to figure out how does this thing that I didn't have a lot of control over the choice of the body I was born in um, or the way that it's perceived or the way that it works. How do I find ways to love it and explore its boundaries and play within it in a way that I'm pleased by? And, And finding those things, I think, comes into the kink world because it's a big playground. Yeah, Like the kink play is, you know, the verbiage. And I think as adults, we forget that we're allowed to play. Um, And allowing myself that has been the conversation that I've been having in finding comfort in my body. Yeah, I, that's, I love that. (laughs) I really, I really love that. I think, because I do, I think that we all, we all just have such different relationships with our body. And I, I like that you said in, like almost like the silence of lockdown, just getting to reassociate with ourselves um, is, is important. It's really important. And, and just being able to have, you know, what do I want from this? What do I want from myself? And I don't want to say it's funny that sometimes it takes literally the world stopping turning to be like, huh, well, <laughs> now that I have nothing else to focus on, maybe I'll focus on me. <laughs> Wolf. Right. <laughs> but what what I mean the the being able to find a, a bright spot in the darkness to be able to say okay cool there are things that were good that came like I found something good in myself in a time that was rough yeah. for the world. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Absolutely. It's important. And I think, I think self-exploration is important. And I, I really, I'm intrigued that you're like in being younger and even being in college of like, oh, nobody can fucking tell me what to do. I feel like I was so like that for such a long time. And then I stopped and Mm. I, and when you just said that, I was like, God, what was it that made me stop? What was the catalyst that made me stop being like, fuck everybody else? I have to be an adult. Exactly. And I think that there was a lot in that, um, that it was like, oh, you know, what, what do I need to do? And, and, and how do I need to be perceived for my job, for my career, for my everything? And we, we kind of be... got past that, like, just, you know, fuck you, I want to be myself to, which I don't want to be like, going to art school is very much so like, fuck you, I need to be myself in itself. But then getting there and being like, oh, but now I need to fit in these boxes of being an artist. And yeah. it's, it just, it's so interesting. Like, it's, I relate a lot to that. <laughs> how do I, how do I make myself into a sellable product for the capitalism of the world? And like, very, okay, very valid. No longer am I allowed. Because the, the things that have felt most fulfilling in my life was when I completely embraced my spirit and soul and saw it unlock in another person the the freedom to do the same and we're like oh oh you're allowed to just exist and when i when another person does the same to me when when all of a sudden i'm inspired to just be to just be not be with the perception of how do other people give a fuck because once again the people that embrace you on your journey and are here to have that conversation and help you further along or to love you no matter whatever differences you have like those are the people you want in your company. So if anybody's here to judge you, then they're not for you. Like yep, exactly. I don't need I don't need to live my life for anyone else. My body is mine. My my time is mine in the in the late of night when no one else is there to to deal with the loneliness. Like I need to find comfort in in my being. And the only way I can do that is if I feel like I'm fulfilling my soul. So right. I'm exploring exactly. it as much as I can. Exactly. So my next question really leads right into this of like, in all of this, what like beyond self and beyond choosing ourselves, essentially, are there influences of books or media or people who've really kind of nudged you along this journey, pushed you along this journey? Um things that you've found, something that you've read that you're like, yep, that just changed the whole game for me type thing. Because I think that we have, uh, uh, having somebody else open that door a tiny little bit can be enlightening to us. And that's where all of this like influence comes from, which I think is important. It's, it's curious. I, I try to think about, because I am easily led to inspiration, I'd say. I, I try to find, uh, try to find the applicability of one thing in a billion other things and um, doors. Are I don't think unlocked. it's a bad thing to be easily inspired. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm quick to come, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> um, but the, uh, uh, I don't know, like I'm, I'm constantly exploring uh, new outlets and I'm just letting my interest um, lead the way. Like legitimately, if something piques my interest, I just like give it the love and attention of, of that. And that's always been the door people and conversations have been really important. My mom being sex positive at a young age is a blessing that I know a lot of people don't get. Um, But like, you know, being willing to talk on my end is one way that I can open the door for other people to open up so that they can yield their 
beauty as well. And that's how I've often found great inspiration is like being an open vessel so that people who might not have yielded their treasure would. Um, And there are plenty of influencers, like my curiosity leads the way through the kinkier edges of Instagram. It's probably not great when I open my Instagram in public places because it's like all, you know, whatever sex workers showing off their goods. But I, I find that those places are the way that I've found myself in the kink world and being better educated and finding myself in a sex positive environment where I can talk about my body, talk about my interests and desires and explore it is just kind of like exposing myself more and more to the things that I'm interested in. So follow, follow your, your heart, maybe follow your interests. Follow your interests. Your interest, go for it. There, there's a, um, a as a thinker, there's a person that I've always loved. Um, he's a mythologist named Joseph Campbell, and Joseph Campbell is responsible for um, the hero's journey as like a narrative tool for like ex- explaining stories throughout mythology throughout the world. And um, he has a motto, and it's called uh, it, it's follow your bliss. So, and uh, I think there's other philosophies that kind of deal with this same idea of like the more that you engage in the thing that makes you gives you bliss makes you happy the more magnetized along that road you are to other things that are just on the 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 edges of that same thing and so you continue to build momentum and grow in your capacity to explore the thing that initially brought you there but also possibly go down further roads to make you happier and and make that image bigger and a new film that just came out uh, the other day, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, talks about this multiverse theory of like the paths that we can go down and all the little decisions that we make along the way and how those things grow to make the image of who we are. And so as I follow my bliss, the world fills out around it in a way that hopefully is as blissful or more blissful than the, the choices I could have made without following it. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. I like that. I like that explanation of it because I, I, I like that explanation. That puts it in very precise words of how I feel all the time being like, but do you like it? Just go check it out. <laughs> and it's okay not to like something like check something out and not like right, it. That's absolutely. cool too. Cause then it turns think, that road I think, off. I think that that's the other key to it is just because it piques your interest. If you then choose that you don't like something, it's okay. Yeah. And you can also like something for a little while and then not like it anymore. Exactly. That's cool too. Exactly. You're allowed to change your mind. And I think that that's, I think that that's something that as we develop, we'll say high school, we're told like, oh, you really like this thing? Great. It's a thing that now you like, period. Forever. Forever. You don't get any other say in it. I think honestly, like if I can say that, I think that that's why a lot of obviously teenagers find college so refreshing um or you know just any change of moving out of a house that has these specific ideas of who you are Mm -hmm. um and then being able to move into exploring yourself and there's obviously that's when a lot of you know quote unquote kids get in trouble or they're doing these things and they're acting so out of character and it's like but maybe they were just exploring things that they've always wanted to and have been held back by other people and weren't given a safe environment to do it. So now it's a reactionary, like, oh, it was made so taboo. Well, I'm curious about it. Let me go do it in a way that I'm not supervised or, or in a trusting space. I'm, I'm here right. doing it without guidance. 
guidance is so important. Like people go out to to do ritual ayahuasca. They have a shaman next to them when they do it. Like, exactly. listen, have trusting hands open doors for you. Like, you know, it's, it's, if you're curious and need education, go get like a little education. It's good. Exactly. It's yeah, it's, Oh, yes. Open but, your but following your pursuit and exploring who you are in college, like yeah. I come here of a desire to to be educated on this. And so all of a sudden my choice and my identity as a part of that, but also like I'm not supervised outside of myself. So now I'm the person who I have to make happy. I mean, sure, there's the world that we exist in, but remember, like you're the one that's there the whole time. Yeah. You got to you got to deal with that person. You got to deal with that person for sure. Yeah, self self exploration is a whole <laughs> a yeah. whole thing. It's Philosophy. it's amazing. It's I think I think it's really formed a lot of just I don't want to be like who we are. Yes, obviously who we are, but I think that I think that when we find people that we look at and we're like, "Oh, they're so comfortable with themselves or they're so confident or they're so what have they done to do that? It's self-exploration. It's finding those things that you don't like and being perfectly content that you're okay that you didn't take that path because you looked at it, you didn't take it. And moving forward in in finding the things that you really love, that light you up, that give you these different influences and that you've found trust in community and you can communicate and you do these things. And then that comes off as confidence. Yeah, because I'll be the first to say, I am not a confident person. I don't have the best perception of myself in the universe, but the things See, that and that blows my mind because I think you're so confident, and I just like <laughs> and I get told that all the time. I think it's my resting confidence face. Uh, but I think the times where I feel free to explore myself is when I trust that I'm in loving hands. For instance, you right. and I here talking. I love you. I trust you. I love you too. <laughs> and I think that that gives me the confidence to be able to communicate clearly my truth. If I didn't feel safe with you, I'd close up. And I feel like if if you meet me for the first time, oftentimes I'm a little introverted. I'll hold off on all my little like things. And But once I know that I'm safe with you, then I'm completely open. And I right. think like, you know, being in a space to where we can hold comfort, trusting, loving space for everybody allows all of us to open up to who we really are. 100%. I so agree with you. And I I feel the same um, about you and being able to have conversations. There's a lot of even, I I won't go into all of our topics that we talked about, but the last time that we hung out in person, we (laughs) ended up sitting in a bar together for like another like three hours after our other friend left and being able to sit and just talk and talk about all of these different subjects uh, of everything from liking whiskeys a specific way to, you know, a, talking about sex and talking about relationships, talking about college, talking about past relationships. Those are conversations that you don't just have with somebody you don't trust. Those are conversations that come from, you know, having, I mean, trust and communication, which is so incredibly important. So I, I, you know, and I love you and I trust you. And again, I, there's not most people that I would come to and be like, okay, so you had hooks put in your body and can we talk about that? Like, yeah. that's a, you know, a, a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, a and then, okay. So my, 
I know. So my last question, which I'm curious about, because so again, we've known each other for over a decade. Um, and so I'm always curious when I ask this question um, is what is something that you would advise to your younger self and your younger self can be last week. Your younger self can be a year ago. Your younger self can be quarantine. Your younger self could be middle school or college or anything. And I'm always curious, like what advice we would give our younger selves because usually it's the thing we need to hear the most. So I'm curious what yours is. Um, uh, it's weird. I think I have something on my mind because I keep kind of bringing it back to a, a similar thing. This, this flow of confidence, no confidence, confidence. And the thing, I have no regrets. However, the note that diverted a path in my existence was this following of my bliss. And I think in my youth, I was very much willing to uh, dress up and be flamboyant and express my queerness and my, my gothier side. And I wore so much makeup when I was younger. Um, and I stopped wearing it because this idea of like, oh, well, your look is a little too hard to sell kind of kind of thing. And so I started trying to appeal to another person's idea of who I was trying to be, who I could be. And the only person who really knows who I could be and try to be is me. And right. my exploration in myself and my desire to fulfill that is the most important thing. And that's what I had when I was younger. And I've come to the conversation again in myself. So the the wisdom that I would yield to the younger me would probably be a high school version of me or early college version of me and say, um, you know what you're doing, keep it up. Yeah. And I think, you know, embrace, embrace the part of you that is you. And that's the wisdom that I would yield to myself, to everybody, like follow your heart, your interest, your curiosity, and it'll make the world a bigger, better place. So. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But I, I, I can say though, I've loved watching you. I obviously didn't know you in high school and I didn't know you during those times, but we took one of our first college classes together. We were in I mean, that was a freshman year class, right? Was it? It was a speech and public speaking? Was that our first class together? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Um, and I think that that was early in the college days. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, we had a group presentation together on uh, whale wars and whaling and things like that. I feel like I've gotten to watch you grow into yourself so much more because I didn't know that confident before the unconfident section and it's it's been wonderful to watch. It's been wonderful to see you become more and more yourself and explore these different avenues. And 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 I just hold you in like such like happiness that I'm like, oh, I'm just so happy for Ben that he's continuing to be happy, that they're continuing to be happy and being able to do all of these things. And and I love watching you grow. It's it's such a, a pride as a point of friendship. Um and I hope that you feel that and you feel that other people are proud of you in watching you grow because you should feel proud in that. You should feel proud in, in these things that you step into. Um, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of the person that you're becoming and, and in, in, in always in this person that I'm having a conversation with about, you know, kink and, and different things like that, as well as the person that I watch you get to see, which we haven't even talked about and we could do a whole other episode on, we should do a whole other episode on your career and the ways that you've moved through becoming yourself within your career and acting and film and different things like that. I think that those are very important. It's a lifelong proud. journey to learn who we are. So 
yeah i'm on that road still absolutely ben my dear uh if listeners want to follow you on instagram would that be okay with you if so please share your instagram with us so that they can potentially have an open door into a safe kink community and a, a person to talk to if that, if you're willing I'm, I'm completely willing. If people want to reach out to me on Instagram, uh, my Instagram is in place of fallen stars. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Ben Horrible. And <laughs> I'm not super active on Facebook. However, every year for 21 Midsummer, um, I do jump back on to kind of uh, be a more active member of the Facebook community. So if you want to engage in the 21 Days to Midsummer community, come find me on Facebook. Um, otherwise I'm a public and there creative. is a there is a Facebook group that is 21 days to midsummer as well that's fair yeah, yeah. and um, and I'm I can just... I can link that into the show notes so that people can find it pretty easily yeah. so I'm a public creative I like talking to people about being creative and I'm approachable so feel free to reach out if you want it I love it thank you for being that open door for people um it's it means a lot to me to have you be an open door for them because you're an open door for me always. And I appreciate that. So I, I, I can gladly extend and be like, this is Ben. We are friends. <laughs> they will guide you <laughs> and let you in this door too. <laughs> open heart always. So Open heart always. Ben, thank you so much, my love for coming on. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I would love to have you back in again another time. Thank you, love. I'd love to. Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you loved this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself.